If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for the 50-plus generation helping America's baby boomer live a life that matters. Your host is Dr. Dan Critchett, and the show is all about guests and topics that relate to the real-life challenges and opportunities of people in the second half of life. Today's show is brought to you by Second Half Network, providing resources and connections that are designed to educate, equip, and inspire. If you want to live a life that matters, Dr. Dan and his guests are in the studio and ready to begin today's discussion. Let's listen in. We are back and we're continuing our conversation with Gordon and Jill Vigiano. I am pronouncing that correctly, right? Yes, you okay, are. Okay, good. So, um, and we're talking about this, uh, the name of the uh, program for today is called Surviving and Thriving with a Disability. And in order to get the context for our discussion, you really, if you haven't heard part one, you need to go back there and hear it either on our website at secondfnow.com or on iTunes or Stitcher. Those are our podcast services where we post our programs. So you want to make sure that you have heard part one. <coughs> Excuse me. And we're going to continue now. Uh, this portion is not available on the radio, so uh, you can only hear it uh, online, although it is available around the clock and around the world. Surviving and Thriving with a Disability. Thank you again, Gordon and uh, Jill, for coming in today. Welcome to Second Half Now. Thanks for having us. We're doing great so far. We're partway down through some of the things that we wanted to talk about. And let's let's, uh, kind of switch our focus a little bit. I can only imagine, and I say that literally, I can only imagine, and even that probably not very well, about what it's like to live in a situation like what you guys have been in for nine years. And can you help us understand a little bit about the hourly or daily choices that you have to make uh, in order for this, for you to be able to survive and thrive in your disability situation? We made the decision early on that life was still going to be good. And we kept that attitude mm-hmm. from from day one. And, you know, from the very beginning, when Gordon first came home from the hospital, he was... He was so lost in his stroke, and he was so disabled. But the one thing he still had, amazingly, is optimism. He always was so optimistic, and he'd be like, everything's great. You know, (laughs) things were not great, but my job was to not dash that that attitude and that approach to life. So, So we just decided that life was still going to be good, and it is. It's different but it's still good. That's and a key phrase. Let's back up, rewind a little bit. Say that again. It's different. It's life is still going to be good. Right. It's different, but it's good. Yeah. And I think that uh, we hold on to our norm, our normality, and uh, when we get out of our comfort zone or get out of what's uh, familiar to us, we get all disoriented and upset, and uh, if we can't get back to what we were accustomed to, uh, it really throws us off. So let me now. You said something really important, Jill, and that is that uh, even before the stroke, Gordon was a very optimistic person. I know Gordon, you were a hard worker. Yeah, 
right? I mean, you were at it all the time. Were you a workaholic? No. I No? I worked a lot. And then on weekends, I took it off to be with the kids. Good. Okay. But you worked hard, and you were doing yeah. uh, scheduling appointments and making phone calls and training. Weren't you in the insurance uh, industry? No, just sales consulting. Oh, sales consulting. Okay, so, and a lot of people would look at what you were doing and say, "Man, that guy is really driven. He's he's successful." So now that attitude, and here, where's where I'm going with that? If if I'm if I'm talking to you and you're listening to this uh, with your earbuds or your headset or on your external speakers or your whatever device, if you don't have a positive attitude now, if you're not optimistic now, if you're not a faith-filled person now, when something like this comes along, any any version of it, you may be very well blown out of the saddle and not be able to recover. And let's go back, Jill. When we were on break, you were talking about your two different stories. Yes. Yeah, say that for us. When I I tell people that Gordon's is a story of recovery, mine is a story of surrender. And two, I mean, we walked this path together side by side the whole way. And Gordon, and, and our focus for Gordon was always about recovery. For me, I mean, I had to survive this. You know, he was lost in the stroke. He was, he'd become very childlike again. I already had two children. For me, and and to think that I could somehow control this or make this go a certain way or solve this problem or change anything, you know, you can only beat your head against that wall for so long. And and you can either drive yourself crazy or you can finally, you know, turn your eyes upward and just, and just surrender. And just, I just surrendered it to God and said, you know, I'm going to get through today. Today's going to be good. And and I'm just going to trust you to do something good with this. Please mm. don't let this just be a black hole that I sink into. Wow. And, and it's and surrender is a first of all surrender is very unpopular in America. Yes. And mm. second, it is a process. It's not something you do one time. Right. Um, you know, each day getting up and saying I will do whatever you ask me to, and I will try my best to do it with mm. with a glad heart. Yeah. As hard as it is, I will do my best. Yeah. And it was an, it's an incredibly humbling experience, yes. but ultimately an incredibly freeing experience to let go of all that folly that makes you tell yourself that you have control to finally say, I really don't. And you know what? I'm going to be okay with that. Wow. It's very freeing, and it was the only way I really could survive the yeah. process. That is, you use the word humbling, and that's got to be a total reorientation to life. It is. Of just surrender. Do, would you say that you? it's a matter of giving in without giving up? Yes, I'd say yeah. that's a very, a very okay. good way to put it. Um, it's things, the priorities of life, fall into order very quickly once that happens yeah all the clutter disappears right. you know right. first of all most of what you own disappears anyway yeah. <laughs> but but you know the priorities of life who's in charge well god is in charge clearly i am not in charge as much as i like to think so when mm-hmm. things were going well not right. really I'm not in charge, and and that as long as I could rely on a good and loving God who only wants to prosper me, that way I could get through each day no matter how hard it was. Yeah, and a good and loving God who wants to prosper you in the midst of whatever it is you're going through. 
you said during the break that it reminded you of Job, or you think about Job, and that can you say a little bit more about that? I think of Job, um, in, in the story of Job, what I love about that story is Job was a good man, mm-hmm. and it just drove Satan crazy. Yeah. And Satan has to go to God and ask for permission to test him. And I like to think of it as God had such confidence in Job. He said, go ahead. He's still my guy. Mm -hmm. And he did. And Satan gave him everything he could without killing him. That was the only condition. And Job was God's guy. He did stay faithful. And even when he turned to God and said, why? And God said, you know, where were you when the earth was made? Yeah. You know, making sure those the, those the hierarchy was clear. Yeah. But ultimately, I like to think uh, of all that has happened to us that yeah, it was God's confidence in me, and that Satan had to go and ask to sift me. What would you say to people listening now who maybe haven't gotten to that point of uh, being able to surrender or being able to understand that somehow God is in it and going to work through it? Uh, do you have any words that uh, that they could hear? I would say I understand. I understand that it's really hard and it's really isolating going through a disability, whether it's you or whether your loved one. It's very isolating. You yeah. are completely pulled out of your life, and I'm sorry. And it's hard, and I do understand. But if you can, if you can bring yourself to that surrender, and if you can turn to that person who's you know, the, the, the survivor and say, our life is changed, but we're in it together. Let's still make it good. I think you can turn that. It's like turning the Titanic probably, but mm. I think you can actually do it before you hit the iceberg. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> I think it can happen. And, um, it's a process though. And, and I do try to explain and make sure people understand that this wasn't one time I said, I surrender. And, and I was good. It right. doesn't work like that. Not a one-time deal. No. Yeah. Well, that's extraordinary because uh, when we backtrack a little bit to what we were talking about in part one, and that is if you are 20 years old, statistically, you have a 25% chance of being disabled. And so whatever age you are now, now is the time to prepare. Now is the time to prepare your attitude Gordon, I look at you and I think of all the ways that you were prepared without knowing that what you were preparing for, right? I mean, your discipline and your positive attitude, your your faith and all of that, it just really contributed to having the opportunity to be happy and healthy today. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely amazing. And our, I think our listeners are kind of tuning in and saying, okay, this is something very significant because, uh, you know, you might turn that around and say, well, I have a 75% chance of not being disabled. So what's the big deal? (laughs) Well, you don't know which percentage you're in, right? True. And here's the thing, there's always a payoff. So what if you do take care of yourself? What if you are physically healthy, mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, and in your family and your marriage and relationships, and you never get disabled? Well, good. You've got, you know, then you've, you've won, that's right. right. Yeah. And so the end comes and you, you die and you go to heaven happy. That's right. And uh, But what you're saying is that you can have wholeness and happiness in the midst of circumstances that are very, very difficult. Yes. And and there's nothing wrong with being sad. You know, I, right. I tell people I was profoundly sad, but that's part of the process. Right. Um, I, I wouldn't say I was depressed. I would say I was profoundly sad. Yeah. And I, but I knew... It all fell on me. I didn't have the luxury of saying, um, I'm going to 
I'm going to hide in my closet. Now, I cried in my closet a lot, Mm -hmm. but I would come out again and put my game face back on. I had two kids at home and a husband, and I had no time to sit and say, poor me. Yeah. Um, they all needed you. They needed me. Yeah. And so that, there was huge motivation in that. I took that job very, very seriously. Um, so yeah, we, we, we find our motivations in different places, yes. I guess. But, but you know, a strong life foundation, a strong faith foundation, mm-hmm. a strong marriage relationship. Um, those, I, I don't know how I could have gotten through it without those things. Yeah, yeah you were in the process of preparing so what are the some of the internal challenges? I mean, some of the, um, you know, there but for the grace of God, you know, I mean, the attitudes or the the thoughts uh, for, for either or both of you. Um, where What is the, how would you define the, the struggle? You know what I mean? Like, you know, facing another day. Uh, what does that feel like or sound like to you? Do you have an answer for that? Well, the way I look at it, I wake up in the morning, I look at Jill, and I thank God I'm alive, and she just makes me so happy. Wow. He is the eternal optimist. Yes. I love that about him. <laughs> <laughs> Even before she puts her makeup on? Even before that. Even before. Frightening as that might be, yes. <laughs> oh, man. God bless you guys. It's such a great uh, message for, for people. Who, I, again, I know a lot of people who are in a caregiving situation. Interesting the uh, the statistics sort of overlaps that uh, we hear that 50 to 60 million Americans are uh, unpaid family caregivers, and a lot of it is, I mean, with varying degrees of disabling mm-hmm. of the care receiver or of the survivor is the terminology you're using, and um, yeah. So can you can you relate to like what are the I'm not quite sure how to phrase the question. The um, uh, the internal challenges, thoughts or feelings or attitudes that you could have had, or even can could have tomorrow or today that could have, you know, take you off into a different direction, a different sense of your managing of your situation. I think one of the things for me that I really had to remember is that Gordon was trying. He was trying really hard. He had a severe brain injury. He wasn't, he wasn't wildly irrational for no reason. It wasn't his fault. He, he had a huge brain injury and to remind myself if he were in his right mind, he would never say those things or he would never have done Mm. those things. And, and to have a little grace you know, give him a little forgiveness. It's not, it's not that he did anything or was doing anything intentionally to be awful or to be difficult. Right. He couldn't help himself. And, and to remember that he's, and I would say, I would try to remember who he was before the stroke and try to accept who he is now yeah. because that, that is the whole person. And like I said, like you were saying, but for the grace of God, it could be me next. What about, I'm thinking of character qualities, uh, things that are a part of our nature, part of our, uh, you know, who we become as people. Do any of those uh, strike you as being essential to managing a situation like yours? Like you said, the word grace, you know, having a, having a heart of grace, patience, uh, whatever else. Is there anything else that you would identify as a character quality that would be good to, you know, nurture and to work on even now? I think discipline Our our discipline really helped us. We were both very disciplined people to start with. So we were very disciplined about what we did to focus on recovery. 
We were very clear with each other. I even laid out calendars of how we were going to work on recovery, mm. what time, yeah. how long, what were we going to work on. And by creating a new routine for us, focusing on recovery, that gave us purpose every day. Sure, right. And that, mm. was, that was very key, especially those first few years when really most of the right side of his body didn't work at all. Uh, to get it back was only going to happen if we stuck to the plan and between us, even though we each had times where we'd just be like, I just don't think I can do it today. The other person would say, yes, we can. And we would do it. Um, And I think the discipline of sticking to the plan and focusing on recovery, always looking forward was huge for us. It sounds like you might have had a little bit more management or control over the next day or the next hour by doing it that way, rather than just kind of, you know, flapping in the breeze and saying, you know, try to deal with whatever comes. You were more proactive, maybe more intentional. Right? Yes. Yeah. And you know, when Gordon, now Gordon's stroke was almost nine years ago. And at the time, I mean, the medical profession has changed so much, even in this short mm. period of time. They told us, you know, if you don't have it back in a year, you're probably not getting it back. If you're not, two years was kind of the outside. And if I had known anything, which I did not, I would have said, why? Does it end at two years? And the answer is it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, One doctor said to us, um, you know, those who want it most recover best. And we decided to take that to heart. That was sort of our mantra. Right. um, Because Gordon got huge recovery after two years, but it's because we never stopped working on it. And I think the answer was just that people get really sick of working on recovery. It's boring and it's long and it's tedious. But if you're willing to stick it out, there is benefit to be had. And so we just kept with the discipline. Excellent. Those are great words. When we come back, I want to ask you about your two missions that uh, we talked about for a little while the other day. Okay, you ready for that? So folks, don't go away. More with Gordon and Jill Vigiano and the subject for today, surviving and thriving with a disability. We'll be right back. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Property values are on the rise, higher than they've been in years. It's time to take the equity in your home and do something different. 24-7 Properties will provide you with custom personal care to get the maximum value out of your home. Jeff Edmondson of 24-7 Properties is a licensed general contractor as well as a real estate agent, giving you the expertise on how to effectively get your home ready to sell at the highest price. Visit Jeff online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 24-7 Properties. Call me today and let's have a conversation about selling your house. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503-780-3030, 780-3030. We are back and happy to welcome you to the last portion of our show here. We are discussing the topic surviving and thriving with a disability. We have um, 
Gordon and Jill Vigiano in studio with us, and we're going to wrap up our conversation with a couple of really, really key important uh, points. I want to take a moment and thank our partners, uh, some of which you just heard from Golden Placement Services and 24-7 Properties. We also want to mention Northwest Web Creation Company, Eastside Printing, Warner Pacific College, Multnomah University, KKPZ, local radio station, and Serving Our Neighbors. And so we're getting right back into it. So in a conversation that uh, Gordon and Jill we had a couple days ago, you talked about that you have two missions. And I, and I suppose even just having a mission kind of gets you something to keep going and to have a focus and to be proactive. So help us understand. Uh, and here you are in your situation, surviving and thriving. What are your two missions? When after Gordon had his stroke and we were sort of struggling with what is going to be our purpose going forward, one of the things that Gordon really felt strongly about was that he didn't want this to be for nothing. He wanted to talk about what happened and see if we could provide some hope and encouragement. Mm. So, um, just we so we have our speech. My brain has a hole in it, and we have found that our target audience that we really focus on is the insurance industry and financial advising industry. Um, It's very important. These are people who affect all of our financial stability. And, of course, we live in an age where everybody's planning for retirement. Everyone's talking about retirement. But they aren't talking about if my financial picture falls apart now, all that retirement planning disappears. Right. It's it was useless. Um, so we spend a lot of time speaking to insurance people and financial advisors about providing, you know, disability insurance, obviously, which has been a huge part of our story, but helping people plan for all the what ifs. We want to make it to retirement first, but then, you know, and then we can enjoy all that we put it put aside. But if we don't make it that far, if our financial picture falls apart, like ours would have had we not had disability insurance, mm-hmm. you you have shortchanged your customers, and they are looking to you, the insurance person or the financial advisor, for that kind of guidance. And we have found that in those industries, very little discussion happens about what if the financial picture falls apart early. Right. And then you have to have some sort of a reasonable response to that possibility. Yes. Right. In other words, I mean, you can't spend $2,000 a month just to protect yourself from something you're not sure it's ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. But there is some sort of a some sort of a reasonable approach to that. We had a, a guy in the uh, studio here a, a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago now, and he was ta- we were talking specifically about long-term care or mm-hmm. extended care insurance. And uh, some of the things that he was saying about the likelihood and all those things were just really eye-opening. And it was just, it it caused me and, and our listeners to think, wow, okay, so we need to at least think about those possibilities. We can't leave ourselves and our family totally unprotected, right? It's Th- absolutely are, true. Yeah. You know, our, uh, our lifespan, we're estimated to live, what, 82, 84 years? Yeah. Um, that's, I don't, 50 years ago, people didn't plan for a 20-year retirement or a 30-year retirement. Exactly. You know, people right. retired and then they only lived a couple more years and then that was it. And right. so we've had this huge change in longevity and the way our finances have to last. And if we last healthy, bonus, that's great. Right. But if not, that's that's a serious thing to think about, not only for you, but for your children and anyone who might be there having to take care of you. Yeah, Exactly. And so if you get to the end of that and uh, you have, uh, you know, 
experience a disability or a decline or Alzheimer's or something, that's when uh, the reality comes home. And if you have not protected yourself or and your and your family, you look like you just didn't um, do what could have, would have, should have been done. Yeah. I remember my dad who declined in health and a lot of pain and a lot of disabling sort of things going on with him. And he was on the, you know, how you go in the doctor's office, you sit on that little table with that crinkly uh, paper, you know, and he was sitting there and his doctor said to him, so Dick, so you know those extra years that you got because your wife, you know, uh, you know, cooked healthy meals and you did all this stuff to, you know, to, uh, to keep healthy? He says, yeah. Well, these are them, and <laughs> these are those years, and he was he was struggling. He had a tough time. So, um, and your second, so your first mission is really to convey uh, a, a sense of protection to those who are able to do that. You know, in the financial services and in insurance industry. Yes. And they can use your story, I imagine, to say, well, let me tell you about the Vigianos, about what has happened to them, and how this wonderful product. Uh, if, if in this case we're talking about uh, disability insurance, how it has really saved them in so many different ways. Yes. So what, what's your other mission? You have two. Our other mission is you know, we're, we're out and about a lot in public and yes. just around, you know, just to, sh- to be the example of what a strong marriage looks like. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've we've always walked and held hands, and and it's funny the number of people who have circled back with us over the years. I mean, maybe over the last fifteen years, and said, "I see you walking and holding hands, and it gives me hope." Wow! And I think, isn't that nice? It's something yeah. so small, but we can live our marriage, we can live our faith, we can live our relationship outwardly, and have a positive impact on people who may not have that kind of relationship yet. You know, what I like about that is it gives you a sort of a spontaneous sort of a sense of purpose every time you go out because you don't know who's going to be watching and what their experience is going to be and what they're going to observe. You just never know. You never know. But you can have that expectation. And Gordon, the uh, the everlasting optimist, you can say, we're going to bless somebody by just the way we hold hands walking from the parking lot into the restaurant. Yep. Right? God yep. bless you. Man, That's that's fantastic. So we're going to wrap up here, and I want to ask you, what could you say to people who are listening? They may be in a caregiving situation. They may be anticipating maybe something that's going to happen, or maybe they're older and they're thinking, well, you know, before I die, something like this could happen. Maybe they're young. Maybe they're 20, and they're looking at this 25% statistic, the likelihood of being in a caregiving situation as a disabled all the stuff we've talked about a lot. Thank you so much for coming in. But what? How could we wrap this up? What would you say to our listeners? I would. I would say you know, really examine the foundations of your life. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're measuring your life and your accomplishments by the easy yardstick, how much money is in my account? How pretty is my house? How nice is my car? How good is my tan? How's my golf game? Right. If that's what you're measuring your life on those things crumble and disappear very quickly, really with, with not even anything that terrible. And, and so I really encourage people to examine the foundations of their lives. What do they truly believe in? You know, for me, my eternity is assured. If I get hit by the truck tomorrow, my eternity is assured. Yeah. But so where are your foundations? How are you, how are you structuring your life? And once you have those in place, you know what, come what may, you know you're going to be okay. 
Wow, I like that. Because everything that you do, everything that I do, everything that we do today is in some manner a preparation for tomorrow. Yes. And we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Nope. We have a tendency, don't we, just to get up and go do the whole thing, you know, get the kids ready for school or go to work or, you know, mow the lawn or do the dishes or whatever as if, well, we're just, just going to keep on going. And we don't know that. So if we see every day, maybe this is kind of what you're saying along these lines, every day is a preparation for tomorrow, whatever tomorrow might bring. It is. And to appreciate the little things. I remember thinking, I, I, like I just missed I missed sitting on the couch watching a stupid show with my family. <laughs> I missed that because there yeah. was no time. And then... And then, you know, once, eventually we got that back. But, but, you know, sometimes it is the little things that really make your life full and colorful. Yes. Well, you have a wonderful message to share with a lot of people, millions, literally, who are in a situation similar to yours. And if they're not in that situation, they can think about just getting ready for tomorrow, whatever tomorrow might bring. Thank you so much, both of you, Gordon and Jill, for coming in today, talking to our folks on Second Half Now. It was a sure. pleasure. Yeah, can you come back again? Of course. Oh yeah. Yeah, we'll check you out in another year and see uh, <laughs> see how the, how you're doing with that. Yeah, Sounds we didn't even good. get to talk about your new house and your kids and all that stuff, but we'll have to save some of that for next time. Sounds good. Thank you again Thanks. very much. Surviving and thriving with a disability. I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett. This portion is coming to you on podcast. We want to make sure that uh, you can find us on iTunes. And on Stitcher, the podcast uh, hosting services. And you can tune in on the radio and hear us live on KKPZ. That is 1330 on the AM dial. And that's only in the Portland market, the Portland area, metropolitan Portland, Oregon. But we are on there, 530 to 6 um, on the radio. But you can also hear, I think, I don't want to get too tangled up with this, but you can go to kkpz.com and hear us live anywhere in the world. So uh, with the Pacific time zone, 530 to 6. So, um, and if you would like to have a free CD of this show, we'd be happy to get one right out to you. Just call the station, 503-242-1950. And here we go. We're going to close out. Again, I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, saying goodbye for now. Helping America's baby boomer live a life that matters. And so until next time, may God help you live a life that honors him and blesses others. Let's meet again right here on our website or on a podcast or live next Monday, 5.30 p.m. on the radio, Cape KPZ 1330, The Truth. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett on KKPZ 1330 The Truth. Brought to you by Second Half Network. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com.